0: By Sports Interaction, Canada Sports Book. Wanna bet? Then get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond, and March Madness is on deck. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteractioncom SDPN or in Ontario. Download the app now using the QR code at the bottom of the screen. 19 Plus, please play responsibly. All right, Oilers fans, we are back. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing really
1: good. Well, besides the shootout loss, but I've said it before. Shootout losses, they, they don't hit the same. Honestly, this is a really weird game. I'm sure we're going to get into all that and stuff. But yeah, oh, yeah. No, I, I'm doing good personally. That was about as happy as i think i could be from a loss like you know not feeling like I'm. Um, there's nothing i'm particularly mad about maybe the start in the first period but I'm the way really, this game started
0: that. right uh-huh. the way this game started we would have been a lot angrier if that continued on but hey you know what things turned itself around the oilers uh unfortunately dropped this one in the shootout but they get one point out of this game against detroit so Recapping this game, first off, yeah, let's just let's just start with the first period, cause man, the the Oilers, when they first started, things were doing all right. Nurse had that one shot that just rang off the post yeah, super shot early. attempt
1: of the game right off the bar, right? You're like, okay, it's gonna be a good night. I know Jack and Louie had it in their heads. Oh, it's gonna be a reverse. So universe, I'm like, guys, shut up. It's you jinxes, just <laughs> leave it. But yeah, no, that was the that was first of two posts. Costin also hit the post later in the period. Uh, really yeah. strong game from Costin, But yeah, no, that they came out of the jump, say, pretty hot. Yanmark on line two was a, a fail from the start. Like, yeah,
0: Yanmark was just not working with anyone. I, I'm glad that he found a little bit more success when he got demoted down to like the fourth line or whatever. Yeah. But...
1: Yeah. He, he's an effective fourth liner. He's a strong defensive player, five on five, but he just doesn't have the puck skills. He's bringing back memories of Alex chase on every time Leon or Kane would make a play to him. The play would just die. Like it was immediately the end of that uh, pressure in the offensive zone. Right. Yanmark does not work up there. So, and another thing we're going to get into back into, but the, re- the right wing who should be up there is, uh, seems like he's ready to come back and, uh we need to figure out what's going on with that because i feel like a conspiracy theorist but the way we're all like we got to figure out all these theories about what's going on but yeah we'll stick to the game for now yeah it our, was our group really chat
0: good. our group chat <laughs> is buzzing Just let you know, let you guys in on a little secret like our group chat for a game over edmonton <sighs> There's yeah. some, there's some things going on in there, and the, uh, it's a little bit conspiracy theorist. The theories were up, They're coming out of my ass today. I, <laughs> I was writing two
1: thousand word essays on why Kyler or why Justin Pulleyard wasn't put on waivers two days ago, and what's going on, and why he wasn't on waivers today, and if he doesn't go on waivers tomorrow by noon. Like, Yammo's been healthy since Sunday. There's shenanigans going on. They have a healthy player on long-term injured reserve. And he's just sitting there. He's flying around by all accounts, smoking people in practice. The guy's clearly ready to go. They're not taking him off LTIR. And uh, they're not waving Jesse. So if he's not waived tomorrow, uh, the only thing in my head, there has to be a trade coming. I heard someone say today, oh, they're waiting to see if Costin's healthy. Well, Costin played one of his best games in an oiler today.
0: Yeah, well, the the weird thing about Costin was that his first penalty, right? The the weird sort of nick, either it was a toe pick or just something along the the rim of the back of that net. He fell. Mm-hmm. The, pen- and just, the penalty. Yeah. The penalty. Yeah. Sorry, he he just grabbed on to a guy a little bit, and that that was immediately called for a trip. Yeah. That was when things started to go downhill.
1: Is a little weak of a call but also like what what are you doing you know what i mean i'm sure it was probably just a reflex when he was falling he just reached out and grabbed something or stuck his hand out but yeah you can't be doing that obviously and one thing i did notice tonight and i'm gonna let you jump in a second big absence tonight vincent de yeah. not in the lineup first night uh back at 12 and 6 in a while and boy was his absence felt on the penalty kill right detroit yeah. goes two for two on the power play and it like on the second goal detroit scored for example uh brett kulak with like I don't know what he was doing. It was like he just froze to try and block the shot. He didn't go down. He kind of just stayed where he was. There was no pressure on the Detroit player. And they just zing it right far side on Campbell. Now, Campbell, this was shades of like October Jack Campbell. One of his weakest games as an oil. This was not a good performance. Sorry, I'll let you Yeah, jump well, in
0: I mean, uh, we'll get into Campbell's game because I think that was a big part of this game. But uh, you're right. When, when things got a little bit rough, like we missed Vinny. Uh, he not only brings that physical factor, he clears the oh, yeah. front of the net. Just a tall presence, right? And yes. we haven't played 11 or we haven't played 12 and 6 in a long time. The Oilers are, are kind of known now for 11 and 7. Oh, yeah. So that that departure, it, it was a big one. But you know what? Like, by and by, I, I don't really think the defense had that bad of a night. It's hard to say when you lose uh, the game yeah. and it's four against. But... Honestly, I I pinned some of that on a couple other people. Maybe uh, one. Like the
1: goal. uh, Okay. Like, did any of the defensemen have a great night to me? It wasn't no. Darnell Nurse's best game by a long shot, not necessarily in terms of one specific play. To me, it was more in the off. I've, I haven't really made this critique this year, but in the offensive end of the ice, he was had probably, in the first two periods, 12 chances right in the slot, and he was just missing the net wide, like not completing passes, right? It just seemed like his brain was elsewhere on those plays, and that was getting to be really frustrating early on. He cleaned it up later in the game, but also he did end up playing 25 minutes tonight. I don't like seeing Tyson Berry at 22 minutes and Cody CC over 21 minutes. Like that's why the 11 and seven works so much so well is because the Oilers have nurse who is a top pairing defenseman, whether you like him or not, you have Bouchard and Broberg who are really good and can handle kind of those middle pairing minutes. And then you have a bunch of guys who can be effective, but they're effective in like depth roles, right? They have a bunch Mm -hmm. of effective depth defensemen. That's why that seven defensemen works so well, because you can distribute the minutes, uh, all the extra minutes to someone else. And everyone kind of plays in their role. That's why, you know, everyone wants to get another defenseman, push everyone down into their role. But tonight, I think, part of the reason that it was felt and why Detroit, it was such a high scoring game, even though Detroit didn't necessarily generate that many chances was that Edmonton's defense was kind of playing above their head. They definitely picked it up. Like in the third period, this I don't want, but I don't want to undersell. Like this was a phenomenal Oilers performance. Like they played mm. really well. If they get average goaltending, they win this game four uh, two. I think yeah. Detroit by the end of the game or end of regulation had two expected goals. Edmonton had over four expected goals. They, like this was on Jack Campbell
0: yeah like that's that's the big one and i really like the way that uh eric in chat brought it out uh campbell before and after shot 15 a tale of two goalies yeah you got the pre-christmas jack campbell and then afterwards by the end of the game that that was an amazing performance a lot of crossed crease sort of big robberies uh Yeah. yeah this jack campbell's inconsistency continues to be a bit of a storyline and we mm-hmm. we thought we were kind of beyond that there was a period of time when i think the oilers fans would have been happy with both goalies starting you know you, through your throw in skinner he's an all-star you throw mm-hmm. in campbell he's been playing a little bit better than an all-star uh, campbell was on a nine game winning streak coming into this game so i think campbell through
1: his last his play has earned the benefit of the doubt in this game like you can have a stinker I'm sure on Friday to me, I would go back to Skinner just because it was such a bad game. But I have no problem against Colorado, I believe, on Sunday going back to Campbell. Um mm-hmm. he he's earned the right to have a stinker like this. I know he's had a bunch early in the year, but that we gotta move on from that, right? Like he put yeah. on a, a stretch of really solid goaltending. Um, he's allowed to have a game like this as much as it sucks, as much as you know, you would hope that he doesn't we all we all know that it, it is a possibility when you're starting Campbell, right so right for it to be one in every 10 games it's fine and the, the thing with the oilers is they have the offense to carry themselves to at least get a point like the fact that yeah. they got a point out of this game like if you look what were the final shots in the game i think for, for uh, a while detroit had like 15 shots
0: shots uh shots in the end were 46 to 23 yeah. but you're right one of the big storylines that going into the overtime 74 shot attempts by the Oilers to 28 by Mm -hmm. Detroit. Like They were blocking a lot of shots. The
1: Oilers on the deserve to win a meter are over 80%. Like, that's why I'm not upset with this performance, right? Chances are the Oilers maybe score another power play goal. They, the Detroit was really good at getting sticks in lanes. They were putting a lot of effort defensively early on. They were blocking a lot of the shots. Ryan Eugene Hopkins, phenomenal performance, three points, two goals early on. He's an awesome finisher with 97 one yeah. thing I will say on the power play, it was a little bit frustrating for me. Um, Con- the reason why Connor's been scoring so many goals, at least early on, or up until this point in the season, is because he see, uh, I heard someone brought up this stat on Twitter, and I can't remember who, but he had increased his number of shots that he'd been taking on the power play this season. It mm-hmm. seems like in the last, you know, five games, maybe since the All-Star break, there's a number of times I'm like, Connor, come on you gotta shoot shoot. please just you have such a phenomenal shot like you saw in his shootout attempt right just like the absolute perfect puck limit. there's the odd time you just want connor to shoot they were there's a couple times it looks like they were trying to pass it into the back of the net maybe with connor and hyman again that's like a really nitpicky because he does have more points than literally anybody else by a mile but there's just you feel like there's just if he did shoot certain pucks it, it would go in but he's trying to be unselfish dish it around
0: it's yeah. it's also a, almost like a pattern or multiple waves, right? Where you've been you've been hearing like okay, Connor is a very pass first guy, and this season he starts ripping it, he starts just taking the shots from different points, and then when you start getting a little bit of a reputation, like hey, he might get 70 goals mm. this year. Like, heck, McDavid is just on a heater, he's scoring way more than anyone else in the league. Maybe that's time when McDavid thinks to himself, "No one's going to expect the pass now, yeah, and if you start going back and forth between them, I mean the hockey players are are habitual right mm-hmm. they're not they're not thinking at that exact moment what their next move is going to be. They just kind of go by habit. maybe he's starting to regress back into like you mentioned his original unselfish play, just pass first, yeah, and it it worked, I mean the nuge goals. <laughs> Some yeah. of those were beautiful passes from McDavid. And uh, speaking of N- Ryan Nugent Hopkins, he's now on 63 points in the season. And that flipped over is going to be our life counter tonight. Okay, uh, if yeah. we can get to 36 for both Campbell and Ryan Nugent Hopkins for his 63rd point this well, season, it's just Ryan Nugent
1: Hopkins tonight and not Jack Campbell. But yeah, no, I just want to say what's up to Lo- Loom Sis, Mickinator, Eric, Eric Tanner, obviously uh lindsay mgd thanks for joining us again tonight wise Cal. yeah my wi-fi or my like Shaw crapped out right before we started but uh, i went to start this broadcast so i ended up having to watch like overtime and stuff on my phone and i wasn't even sure if my computer was gonna work thank god i got it to start but yeah no i was a little flustered coming into the show i wasn't wasn't thinking straight so so yeah all, uh, exactly Game- I'm happy that i got here and
0: Whatnot, game but. over, we we get it done. I mean, <laughs> how many how many game over broadcasts have we had technical problems, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly,
1: exactly, exactly. We got 42 people watching, but we only got eight likes. Come on, guys, let's hit that 36. Let's get it going. We got a ton of stuff to talk about. We're going to continue to talk about the game. And then, of course, as is tradition, we are going to have some trade deadline discussion because I'm um, it just itching to talk about it. Itching man's to cooking. talk about it. My is cooking. I spend up a all day just thinking about it. Fantasizing, listening to a podcast about it. And uh when I get on here, I just gotta release all that information. So yeah, it's even like like today. I find like I'm watching the game, I'm watching the game, but in the first period, for example, there's a play. Connor McDavid, it's early on, right? First or second shift of the game. The new Hyman McDavid line comes out, they're flying, they're looking fantastic, cycling, getting pucks on net, right? All of a sudden, passes back to the Cody CC at the blue line, just bobbles the puck like a bozo. Goes back and just kills the entire zone thing, and I'm like, I understand why Connor asked for a puck moving defenseman. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, imagine yeah. that was Eric Carlson. Imagine, just it's, for a second.
0: There were there were a shocking amount of Twitter posts going. You know what? If this was Eric Carlson on the Oilers, it would already be a six two game. If it mm-hmm. was Chitrin on the on the Oilers, it would be a four two game. Like, it's we're waiting. You know, yeah. Ken Holland is known for his patience, but we're we're kind of done now. Like Oilers' Twitter and Oilers fans in general want to see a move. And mm-hmm. to be honest, the market other than two big names, it's been pretty stagnant, right? Like where a lot of names are still yeah. waiting until the trade deadline. Uh it's one of the few times that I think where I've seen just not a lot of trades happening, but pending like yeah we've seen Chickering, Gavrikov, guys that are just like they're not playing anymore yeah yeah absolutely. <laughs> they're they're gonna get traded yeah oh, absolutely we're just Let's, not doing it yet we, yeah absolutely and
1: we'll get into all that more in like like 10 minutes or so but i feel bad everyone comes here to talk about the game we gotta break down the game and, and if it was up to me i would do two hours straight of just air cross into the oilers and why it makes sense but we got to talk about the game. That's what we're paid for. But yeah, the first, uh, the uh, Red Wings scored, I think it was four goals and 14 shots, right? That absolutely yeah. is unacceptable. Like, I, I'm, I'm being a little light on Jack Campbell because of his recent stretch of play. But tonight was unacceptable. This is a team with, you know, top seven, top 18 aspirations. They're cup contender. They are positioning themselves going to the trade deadline as, well as possible so every point just in in this final stretch of eight now seven games is just so 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 important because holland is going to make a decision based on that if the others go on a stretch where they lose you know five out of seven or whatever It'll change as as much as I don't like it. It will change uh, what he does at the deadline, right? So they need to win every single game. They got two tough games coming up back to back here. So they really need to get a turnaround since they've come back from the break. It's play has been pretty sloppy. There's been a lot of missed passes. They haven't been as cohesive as a a unit. Uh, Dayharnais was sick tonight. So we're hoping that he can get back in. I thought Bouchard tonight was excellent. Uh, but this year, there was actually a play that I wanted to point out. So on Detroit's second goal, right? That's the one where Sider threw it from the corner. It kind mm-hmm. of banked in off Campbell. Like we we can all agree that was a horrible goal to give up.
0: Correct? Yeah. Like here's the thing. It, it's a good topic of discussion because like you mentioned, Campbell, he let in four tonight. We talked a little bit before the show actually started. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many I would actually pin on him. Uh, I I've I know what four, your dude. answer. No, no, no. I know what your answer is because we we were talking before the show started. Yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say let's do a little exercise. Mm-hmm. We'll go goal by goal for the Red Wings, and yes yep. or no. Give me a thumbs up, thumbs down. All right. Larkin power play
1: goal first. Goal. Larkin.
0: Uh, yeah. Larkin power play goal. You know what?
1: That's on Campbell. That
0: one's on Campbell. Hundred percent. It's tough because you're in a position where, yeah, you may be expecting a pass. You might be trying to get ready for it, but that means you're cheating. cheating. Exactly. You're cheating against the post. And if you're not flush to it, guys like Dylan Larkin, I mean, guys like unrestricted free agent coming up, Dylan Larkin, uh, he's going to make. It, pretty It'll nice bank, bank afterwards in detroit.
1: i want to say up to some of the uh, just before you get back into it i just want to say what's up to some of the Red Wings fans in the chat because it's nice that they're joining us and they're also being super nice in chat julian giannotti thomas schwint uh everyone yeah what's up from detroit they're saying they mcdavid is must-see tv and they always stay up to watch Edmonton games. so happy you're joining oh. us here uh slider is really impressive really physical played way better than i expected against mcdavid so awesome player yeah. congrats you have him but yeah dennis you're talking about the, the first goal sorry
0: yeah, no, I, I think we're both in agreement on that one. Yep. Campbell's got to have so, it.
1: So what about the second goal then? Where Sider threw it from Come the corner on. in off Campbell.
0: This one's a little bit tougher for me personally. Because it it looks like, yes, he's cheating a little bit. But at the same time, it's off of Broberg. It might have had two bounces. It definitely went off of Broberg's skate. Like, it's still, you'll you want that to be me, a sta- to be a save but when any me, goal from an
1: angle like that when you're an nhl goalie you got to be covering your posts you can't be cheating to one side you got to have the holes covered up right it's not like it went, went off broberg and like it's not like a ryan tipper i made a complete like misdirection like if campbell's in position in the old rvh or on the post it just hits him in the chest he was down you could see his power pal- like they look leaky he Okay, his lateral movement is much better than it was earlier in the season, but I think that's something that he kind of struggles with from time to time. And I think he's, I don't know, necessarily know how to word it. I don't want to say he can't find his post and he can't track the puck because I don't necessarily think it's that blatant, but there's just certain times where he's not in a position that he should be as quick as possible. And I think that's where he was caught on that side of goal.
0: And it seemed like that was fixed when he changed his equipment, right? When he changed his equipment out, he started getting into better positions. Yeah. Now, you know, he's starting to cheat a little bit more again. And some of those big diving saves, they're they are dramatic. They're awesome to see. They're absolutely blows up Roger's place. But if you're if you're an oiler fan you don't want to see that happen a lot Mm -hmm. right you want him to be square to the shooter able to take a lot of these shots right into the chest like you said
1: yeah mgd says i still think you should seal the post better and that's exactly it i think both goals if he was just sealing the post better and where he was supposed to be prior to the shot or the Whatever that was, and I guess you could say that. Oh, he didn't expect that to happen. But when you're an NHL goalie, shots come. We've seen Leon score from below the goal line, right? Like yeah. shots come from everywhere. Yeah, and that's a and float, when the, right? when the like Michigan
0: a, can exist and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, you got to be
1: prepared. And that's to me just two goals that you can't let in. So the third goal that I said this is the one where there's a little bit of perfect. debate for sure. If we're pointing out for the least or the most acceptable one in my eyes is this one. This is Fabry, correct?
0: Yeah, Fabry um, yeah. bounces one in. It, Just, it was on the power it, play. Again, <laughs>
1: another power play goal. And, and at some point, like, your it, your save percentage is going to be lower on the power play. It was still uncontested. It was still a shot from pretty right. far out. Like, to me, I said, okay, that's, like, a fine one. Like, did, again, Detroit did have two expected goals this game. and But on the broadcast, this was the goal that Joaquin Gage singled out as one that he said he should stop. And he's yeah. an NH- was a former NHL he goalie. Wasn't so, a goalie, like, yeah. okay. So if you say you should stop that one and the other two, like any layman could say, OK, you should probably have those. And then we'll, we'll go get your opinion. And we'll get on to this the last one one. before we get on the last one. But
0: yeah, like honestly, I I'm in the same boat just from my own eyes. Right. As yep. a fan, this is one that I say, yeah, you, you don't want to see it, but it happens a bit of a bouncer. And again, it was on the power play for Detroit. Right. Yep. So this is the one that is the most excusable in my mm-hmm. mind but yeah, you're agreed. right it, I'm not I'm not an NHL goalie I'm not seeing any of these pucks through through the mask or anything like that so I trust uh, I trust Joachim Gage like I mean and it's, then it's a tough call so let's
1: look at the fourth one then Oli Matta from 40 feet out on the on the ice right like that can't go in as well right through the five hole like yes he had time to track it he had time to get set more than enough time uh and, and and nothing came from that right so to me that's a that's also an unacceptable goal so so that's why this the loss of this point like the the odd the, the, the fact is they came back and made a game of it right and, and on the flip side of this Vili huso played phenomenal
0: he played phenomenal and one more thing on the modigal yeah it was unacceptable also because of the timing right yes this was right after Nuge had tapped home that beautiful behind the net pass from McDavid but amazing 100%. stuff a momentum right it's an absolute momentum killer when you give up that amount of goal just right off the face off dot and most people would say like he's shooting it from distance yes it's a bit of a rocket but it's not screened or anything you should have that
1: 100 mm-hmm. i i i i I'm kind of in the same boat as you would when it comes to that goal i think i think there was a, this is a game where you can place the blame on the goal. you don't like doing it often i try tried- Stay away from it. I think we've done more than our fair share of it this season, but yeah, this is a game you can kind of pinpoint and say, okay, if you get average goaltending, you come out with the point. Like the Oilers played. By all accounts an excellent game there were a number of chances they didn't finish like a vander kane in the slot warren Fogle at a number ryan mcleod kind of the same complaint as i have but had with connor earlier like please for the love of god just shoot the puck like i get <laughs> it you can make you guys commit you're so talented you can make phenomenal plays this is way, mcleod fogel line but like at some point just tap, just, just wired on net Crusoe was stopping everything right uh yeah. so so and yeah let's
0: let's talk about that now right so this was a night And it's a very typical Oilers type of game, right? Where your big guns are going to do a lot of the work. Mm -hmm. They did three goals out of the four tonight.
1: Yep. Derek Ryan. Ryan. Exactly. Derek Ryan just comes up clutch. He's had an excellent season great depth scoring one an addition uh when i i did not think he would be able to be this good this productive um this late into his career uh obviously very happy to be proven wrong brian's been an excellent addition he can actually drive play the oilers bottom six for the first time since like 16 17 is actually a plus plus in goal differential one mcdavid yeah. and trezzo aren't on the ice so the the youth uh immersion in the bottom six plus guys like ryan clem cost and
0: I mean, uh, that, that was a line, right? Cost and Ryan Poliarvi, and they were good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it, again, it's not all high like, draft pedigree. You don't exactly, have to have a high like, draft pedigree.
1: No, this, like, again, this game, it's a really weird that. game. Hyman himself generated over one expected goal. Nuge had just under one, but he scored two goals. Like, the Oilers controlled... But for like, besides like the 15 minutes or 10 minutes in the first, they controlled the entire pace of play in this game. The Red Wings were hanging by the seat of their pants, especially in the last 10-15 minutes of the third. Like, please just don't score. And Huso did everything he could. The others just missed. The Red Wings got really lucky. That's why, again, not too upset. Um... OT I mean, is kind of a crapshoot, but yeah. It's no.
0: always a crapshoot. And mm-hmm. um, Mick and Aida, great point. What happened to the success in the McDry years of OT, right? Like, it's it weird. used to be three-on-three McDavid and Dreisel out there. Yeah, cap it off. It's an immediate win.
1: Well, when Eric Carlson comes here, just (laughs) wait until he's on in on an OT with McDavid and Dreisel. There was it was it was a little weird because like McDavid and Dry I I was watching this on my phone, so I might be wrong, but they looked gassed later on in OT, right? Like, just gassed. Well, there it was. It
0: it was a strange overtime, right? Mm -hmm. there were a, a lot more icings than Mm -hmm. usually happens in overtime. Overtime usually is a very possession-driven affair. You know, there's so much open ice that if you don't see what you like, you just skate back and hold on to the puck. But there were two or three icings Mm -hmm. in a really short span of time during that overtime, which definitely gassed guys. And it showed when there were quite a few two-on-ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, Obviously, Kane Bouchard got two cracks at it. couldn't Mm -hmm. get it done right like it goes back to what you're trying to say they were passing it into the net instead of just going for it take a shot see if you can get a rebound afterwards or if it's going off to the boards you can recollect maintain possession
1: oh yeah absolutely Uh, julian in the chat asked an interesting question and we'll get to that in a bit so i just want to point out that i'm saving that for a little later um, one thing I wanted to say, and I meant to point this out when we were talking about the goals, but for me, so the first two goals, I believe the pairing on the ice is Broberg Bouchard. I thought Bouchard was excellent tonight. The play he made on, I, I believe it was the Oilers, uh, third goal, uh, in the neutral zone was phenomenal. His play in the mm-hmm. offensive zone, walking in the blue line, the confidence and the poise that he showed with the puck was something that no other Oilers defenseman could come even close to. He was, I thought he was the Oilers best defenseman tonight. Um he, he and- was excellent. But like, but to point but to, to say what I'm what I want to say is he's on the ice for those two absolutely horrible unlucky goals against right that are he has nothing to do with. But because those went in the net, he gets a minus, he gets the the negative course he, he gets everything his goals for percentage goes down, his PDO goes like he's mm. just so unlucky. And it's coming back to bite him in the ass in terms of his perception by the fan base. But like those two goals are prime example of literally out of his control. Like you just expect the goalie to make the save. He couldn't make the save. And because of that, when you go back and look at the numbers later, if someone goes to point out something, it's gonna look bad on Evan Bouchard when it's not Evan Bouchard's fault in the slightest. So when it's lost the, in the aggregate, you're excellent. right. He made a play uh, on the on the McDavid or the second Eugene Hopkins goal too, just to get it to Connor McDavid. It was excellent. And I thought Evan Bouchard and, and Philip Broberg tonight played really well. Kulak also I thought was really good. It's that CC nurse pairing man that just gives up way too many chances.
0: It's it's rough, right? Because you're right, like especially for Broberg. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is his first year where he's become an NHL mainstay. And you have two that go off your skate like it's not good for your stats but he's doing the right thing he's trying to hold a guy back from crashing the net like all of those are the right play to make in that instant but It just goes off 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 a skate and it's an unlucky bounce so Mm -hmm. i feel like you're absolutely right this is pretty damaging to the young guys in terms of their stats and their confidence happening
1: all year for bouchard the guys that had a stroke of luck right like his shooting percentage is through the floor everything's just gone as wrong as it can but (laughs) His play, his actual puck skills, his actual poise that he's shown with the puck, yeah, again, and everyone's going to say, oh, he lacks urgency, he lacks later, <laughs> there's a complacentness in the defensive zone. What,
0: Shut up. What is urgency?
1: Yeah, I don't even understand. You're right. What is right? urgency?
0: You can you can contemplate this as, okay, if you say he lacks urgency, the mm-hmm. flip opposite, if you're, if you're turning from a negative light to a positive light, he's calm and collected. Those are two sides of the same coin right lacking urgency if you're if you're gassed up if you are absolutely juiced and you're out there doing random movements that you don't need like that doesn't help anyone either no. so i i really don't like the term you know lack of urgency like that's what you want to be calm. around the
1: oiler's twitter here, right though you've right. i'm sure you've seen it. it's a oh but sure he doesn't make plays fast enough he doesn't sense danger fast enough but that's if that's just how he is as a player and he's he consistently leads the goal the Oilers in expected goals. When I mean, you have a defenseman that can drive that for you, especially with the bottom six that you have, uh, it's really impressive. So, yeah, he's someone that you want to keep around, and he's been really good despite you know plays and that happen that aren't necessarily his. Fault. Uh, another thing that someone pointed out in chat was Thomas. When Drysaddle is obviously awesome, but some errant passing lately, just too many giveaways. Totally agree. There were some plays like Detroit had a two on one. I think late in the second, early in the third, that was just a Leon pass to Kane. It was complete. It was picked off, and Detroit got an odd man rush out of it. What do you well, think with Leon since the All Star break? Really,
0: I wanted to answer this question because it came up earlier from Docky. Uh, mm-hmm. Just didn't get a chance to, but yeah, Drysaddle. He does have some sort of illness, like it's non COVID. I, I would agree there's something it was noted that's why he wasn't in the practice uh I don't know why Kane wasn't in the practice but Dreisaitl had some sort of illness so it's the same thing probably that Vinny DeHarnay was so, taken out for for tonight it's probably a flu or something like that Yeah, so there's
1: definitely a flu going around the Oilers like for sure we know that for a fact we do know that it takes a long time to heal from high ankle sprains you can come back and you can play but when you have an injury that severe it's going to take a long time like dry saddle is this entire season has he's been putting up the points but he's not been 100 he might be playing 80 85 percent one thing i've noticed and i haven't seen anyone point this out when you see dry saddle as the the one in the offensive zone as like the first the first four checker there um and again not next to those guys so forgive me if i explain this stuff wrong but when he's the guy who's responsible for applying pressure, and he's the first forward down low. You see he doesn't pressure the defender or the guy on the wall. What he does is he kind of stands still, he puts his stick up in the air, and he waits for them to make a pass, and he bats it down out of the air. Every time without fail. Watch Drysdale. He's the only player I've ever seen that does this. He does not apply pressure. He gets close, tries to force a pass, and knock it down, get a steal. There's no, like, trying to lift the stick, applying pressure, physical, like, none of that and, and, and you worry is this something me, is that
0: something there oh yeah sorry go ahead
1: I, well I was just gonna say it it seems like it, it, it reminds me a lot of how he played during the Calgary series because I think that's the first time I want to say that I noticed it right when he couldn't move and he was just trying to use his stick and try and be productive in any way possible without moving so to me I believe it's he's just he's still feeling the effect again not I don't want to say he's like hurt but he's like Banged up from an injury, and the healing will take a long time, especially with a short offseason season whatnot. But I'll let you jump in.
0: I think it's exactly that. So, mm-hmm. what you're seeing is Dry when he's on a guy, right? When he's right there doing pressure, he's a big body. He's a heavy body. And again, he has a giant paddle of a stick that he can use to fish pucks and get it loose, right? He's not really doing it potentially because it's both a mental and a physical thing. That's how he kind of got hurt. Right. I mean, I think it was Mikey Anderson that kind of brought him down, you know, twisted his, his ankle. That's a situation where, you know, you don't want to re aggregate, re aggravate the injury doing Mm -hmm. the same kind of tussle. And, he's you've been right he's still effective he's He's learned how to be effective exactly exactly not playing physical
1: exactly he's figured out a new way he in the playoffs against calgary color he learned a new way that he could utilize his skill set at hockey and it's almost like it's changed his game this year and i see people talking about load management or give (laughs) try a maintenance day or daycare The, the type of thing i'm talking about this high ankle sprain this is like Years to yeah. eventually get back to 100%, right? Like, well,
0: this is what we also thought Kane would take. Kane's mm-hmm. obviously not 100% with his wrist yet. It's impossible for someone to be, you know, 100% from having sliced tendons in his wrist yeah. in four months. So he's playing a little bit banged up. Dry Sido looks like he's also and, and, playing and, and, a little bit banged also
1: up. also know from what went from when he sat out of practice, uh, I, I can't remember who it was, but they also said he has an upper body injury too. That he is dealing with something oh. up top, so he's banged up all over. It's not necessarily like he doesn't have one thing that he doesn't have like a broken arm that's going to keep him out four to six weeks. I think he just has a number of little injuries. Nagy he maybe he got sick, and then he has something that happened to him. You know, six months ago now, or uh, almost a year ago now, I guess, just under a year ago, that really was a really serious injury. That and, and think about it, how like we don't know this, and I'm not a doctor, and maybe this isn't something I should be speculating on, but when you get a high ankle sprain and you force yourself through ruling two rounds of playoff hockey, like, is there any potential? He And I understand why I did I'm not trying to say that he did anything bad, but you could have, maybe he made it a little bit worse. And right. that's why it's just taking longer to heal, which is understandable. And I, but to me, I, I think that's what it is with Leon.
0: I honestly think you're you're right. It's definitely that injury. I I haven't heard about the upper body injury. That's a little bit new to me. Yeah. But Drysdale, he's always looked like a lazy skater. He's always been a guy that likes to see the play, react to the play. He's never been like an energy guy that that goes in and crashes and bangs the body. This yeah. is just him taking that. To a whole new level, and sometimes it looks a little bit silly when he's trying to swat down pucks and he just absolutely misses it. But you've
1: noticed that, right? Yeah, it's it's happened a lot. It's every game. If you just look at him, I'm like, I'm like, it's just weird because it's something new, right? Yeah, and yeah, it's it's something I've noticed. Uh, (laughs) um, Where was I going to go with that? One thing I did want to say. Oh, oh, what I was going to say about Leon is to me, I'm not worried about Leon though. The thing is, and and I expect Leon with Leon when the playoffs come around and we're in the last ten games of the regular season and that new addition comes in at the trade deadline, his game is going to pick up. He like I, it's one thing to put up this performance against a Detroit or a Philly, but when he when the, I know he he's a big game player, he yeah. always shows up when it matters, and I'm not worried. Like I. It, it's going to be a tale of two Leons. Mark my words. When the puck drops or the series for round one in April, whoever they're playing, Seattle, LA, I don't know, Colorado, whatever. It, it, Leon will look like a completely different player. That's what I fully expect. And I, I believe that will happen.
0: Yeah. I, I If this podcast episode was uh, was titled any differently than it would, this this episode would be titled The Tale of Two Oilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so honestly, That's- 100%... The Oilers, as a team, will get up for big games. We've seen that happen with Tampa. I'm thinking it's going to happen with Boston. That's one of the biggest tests that are coming up. But you're right. Like Mm -hmm. When the playoffs come, and at this point in time, there's no doubting it will come. Mm -hmm. Like The Oilers are going to be in the playoffs. When it's playoffs time, they will get into it. And you're going to start seeing... A whole nother level from guys like Dreisaitl, guys like Hyman, guys like Nuge, and by God, guys like McDavid. Mm-hmm. If he He's at 99 points right now, right? He's, shame he didn't get 100. Shame. It's a shame he didn't get 100, but he's at 99 points. I don't know what this next level is going to be like for this guy
1: yeah yeah absolutely he's he's cruising he i guarantee i'm gonna guarantee you right now as well that it, he will hit 150 points uh we've been rolling for a little bit here we've obviously got some trade deadline questions in the chat so let's hit those but i just want to say there's 48 of you guys watching now we only got 22 likes Our like all day we set at 36 so if you guys want to hit the smash our like button we're gonna get to the uh questions in chat the first question that we saw and it's way back up there so i'm not gonna pull it up i'm just gonna go back off what i saw off memory uh would you be interested this was from a wings fan i assume so i'm kind of shocked they even said this would you be interested in training jesse puliarvi in a pick for tyler batuzzi retained uh or are we saving puliarvi for a carlson chikrin deal what What are your thoughts on that And i'll get my thoughts
0: honestly it doesn't seem like puliarvi is the major piece in any of those deals for for chikrin for carlson he's in it for cap reasons yeah he's right? salary he's there's, it's purely a cap dump i would welcome if you're able to get him and value him as an asset instead of a cap dump
1: i think there are I teams that do welcome. value him as an asset because we there's a reason he hasn't gone on waivers yet
0: he's he's a project right it's one of those dicey yes. things where like coston is a great example right he went down through waivers and no one claimed him so totally. from that first point round in pick. time mm-hmm. first round pick I mean, not as high as Pugliarvi, RV. No, but sure. he was. Uh,
1: I think he was also an MVP at the World Juniors, just like RV. Like there, there are similarities. They're different type of players, but I understand what you're saying with that. Yeah. Uh, what I would say in regards to Tyler Bertuzzi, Elliot Friedman speculated that. Tyler Bertuzzi is a Canadian citizen on an American, on a work visa in the United States, right? He can come back and forth between the United States and Canada because of that American work visa, but he is a Canadian national. So if he were to play for a Canadian team, he would then lose that American work visa. Now the U.S. government still requires foreigners who come into the country to be vaccinated. So even though it seems like nobody cares is Tyler Bertuzzi allowed to play for a Canadian team and freely travel between the United States and Canada without quarantine no one knows the answer to that just for that even thing alone i don't think he's worth the um the, all all the fuss in that
0: regard right well the the hope is if you're if you're OEG and you're mm-hmm. going to make these moves the hope is that you talk to the Canadian government. The hope is that you talk to immigration if, if, and figure out what's his status. If right? Eric
1: Carlson wasn't vaccinated, I, I would be on the phone with Trudeau right now asking and, and Joe Biden, we'd have a full on press conference. I get promise. Yeah, get
0: a trilateral
1: agreement yes. going. But Tyler Bertuzzi, he's got two goals this year, really does nothing for me. I understand he's a 30 goal scorer in the past. He's not worth the hype. There's many people I would target before him uh so yeah like if he's your last thing and to me he screams a dallas of vegas a tampa bay some i i i think yeah maybe ken holland likes him maybe the Oilers have him on their trade list but i think he's way down there i don't think that's someone they're targeting i the oilers are going for a splash a big name and yeah tyler bertuzzi's good but tyler bertuzzi ain't no big name
0: well here's the thing right that's where the second part of that question comes in if he's retained, I, I think Bertuzzi, uh, he's at like 4 point something, f- like a 4.7 or something like that. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to make it enticing for the Oilers. We're not going to spend extra cap room in order to fit Bertuzzi in. If you retain, you take away Pugliarvi's three. He ends up getting a little bit cheaper. That might help in making a big name move uh, later on during to the trade deadline. Me,
1: to me... There's something suspicious going on, and we talked about it a little bit. There are shenanigans. You cannot just have a healthy player on long-term injury reserve. Tyler Yamamoto was eligible to come off of long-term injury reserve for the Sunday game against Montreal. A week before that game, all accounts, that was the target. That's when he was coming off. He was skating. He's been skating for like three weeks. He was ready to go. And I know you can say it's a concussion. It's hard to track, blah, 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 whatever. He was ready to go on Sunday. He wants to go. He's a hockey player. He's in the NHL. He wants to play. We end up. Do you know
0: for sure it was a concussion? Like,
1: no, it's speculation. But it's I think it's all I don't think it's been flat out said by the Oilers, but I'm pretty sure that's the consensus agreement. And it is a concussion. Anyways, it's a head injury, upper body. I don't know. doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. Ready to go then they push it out till Wednesday because like there's something's weird. They don't want to put Pugliarvi on waivers, even though all we're hearing is Jesse Pugliarvi is going on waivers, right? Wednesday comes along all the tweets in practice. Oh, wow. He looks fantastic. He's hitting guys way harder than you should practice. Yeah. Flying around, buzzing around buzzsaw, but then comes out after, Oh no, he's still hurt. He's not playing tonight. So Jesse didn't go on waivers yesterday. Uh, there, I didn't think they were, they were, would have put him on today. Now, Essentially, if they don't place Jesse Pugliarvi on waivers tomorrow or Yanmark, but they seem to love Yanmark, Derek Ryan, but Derek Ryan's really hey, good. They, they love
0: Devin Shore and he's been up yeah, and down. But, like a that's seat. fair. That's
1: fair. But so essentially, we, but the thing is, for months, it's been Pugliarvi's going on waivers, right? right? We've heard that everywhere. So if they don't place Jesse on waivers tomorrow by noon mountain, they, they don't, they will be over the salary cap if they activate Kyler Yamamoto for friday's game by the time jesse would have cleared for friday so by that that either means someone else has to go on ltir which
0: who would go on LTIR? Everyone's healthy. Everyone's healthy. I mean, like, you can't say Costons no, injury. and Even if Coston was on LTIR, doctor, it's not enough. A doctor needs to sign off. You
1: can't just say, uh, uh Devin Shore, you got a knee injury now. That's not <laughs> well, yeah, how Devin
0: Shore is already Every in, like, time, exactly. in the AHL. So. Every, uh,
1: that was just the first name came my Ryan and shopping. It doesn't matter. A doctor <laughs> has to sign off on someone going on LTIR, and that's a medical thing. And You can't mess around. No. They don't want to mess around with that. It could affect their medical license. So, yeah. They RV needs to go on waivers. Somebody needs to go on LTR. If Pulley is not on waivers, to me, they have to make a trade like that. That's the only that's, option, right? That's, like that's the reason. And we heard today from Jason Greger that the Oilers gave an offer to San Jose for Eric Carlson. Carlson. Now, the offer could have been a second round pick, and <laughs> and a, you know, like an offer could be anything. But the fact that I saw in chat, someone mentioned about Evander Kane and Eric Carlson's beef. Well, apparently Ken Holland already had asked Evander Kane, and Evander Kane is happy and more than happy to welcome Eric Carlson to the team. And he told Ken Holland that. Apparently, um, who did I saw? I saw Sharks fans uh, online talking about how that was just a made up thing in the media and Eric Carlson and Evander Kane are actually fine
0: it was a whole thing we don't know what's true we don't know what's false and and again it's all speculative i'm gonna
1: go with what kane said and clearly carlson is into it too because they know that he's willing to come here something happened at the all-star game there's a reason he they mcdavid and dress only played with eric carlson
0: yeah and the other thing is again carlson has a no trade clause so no this is or no move clause yeah so all of this is it's a waste of time right if if that's a no, I'm not going to Edmonton for whatever reason, would, personnel, climate, yes. whatever.
1: Guaranteed, he's already said that he would be willing to waive if the Sharks got a right deal. It's not like he requested a trade. But again, why it, would Edmonton put all this time and ask their players and submit offers if they didn't know that Carlson was already willing to waive his no tr- no move clause, right?
0: And Mike Rear wouldn't, like, the first thing you do would be, hey, uh, they want you. And mm-hmm. to be honest, we're rebuilding and we we don't really want you. <laughs> That's
1: the thing. They're already retaining on Burns. They plan on being bad for at least the next four years. I think they're retaining on Burns for three more years. They they want to lose if you're, especially if you're trading your best player by a mile, Timo Meyer at the deadline, who's 26. Like you're gonna trade Meyer and you're gonna hang on to this defenseman who could single-handedly still will you up the standings. Like if you're planning on be bad, you gotta go all out and try and get the best draft picks you can, right? And the fact that four months ago this contract was unmovable and now we're willing to trade, you know, actual tangible assets for it used to be a negative should. Bite the bullet. They'll save money, even though they are. They'll save money on what they're playing, Carl. They'll
0: they'll pay him to play against them, but at the same they time, you to be bad. You're not going to be. Yeah, you're not going to be paying a guy who's actively going against what your organization wants.
1: Exactly. It'll. He's twenty million times better than anything Tyson Barry is. Like this is a top ten defenseman of all time. He's won the norse twice. He's gonna win the Norris again this year. He is unbelievable with the puck. He has. More five on five points than Connor McDavid. He has more five on five goals than Leon Drysidel. Like <laughs> he's not a power play guy. That's not what this would be for. He would facilitate, he would do instrumental things at in driving the play five on five. He would change how Edmund, he's averaging 25 minutes a night on San Jose. He's more effective. Fine. When he is off the ice, they're a they're a piece of themselves. He he carries that team head over heels. And yeah it just makes so many sense in so many words san jose needs to take the golden ticket they have to get out of jail free card they're not going to get a better offer i know it's hard to figure out in season they are not going to get a better offer in terms of assets than they are right now
0: and here's a question from jacob do you guys think carlson digs edmonton more than other teams i think the issue is carlson has no other options no other team wants to trade for him And it's either you stay in San Jose for a rebuild or you come up to snowy Edmonton. Actually, it's pretty nice in Edmonton right now. mm -hmm, And you you try and challenge for a a Stanley Cup with Connor, Leon, Nuge, and Hyman. Yeah, I've, I've heard him on multiple podcasts. Wants to win, wants to win, wants to
1: win. His wife is from Canada. He's from a small town in northern Sweden. I think... Players are barely in Edmonton anyways. They're on the road for half the season and then they're, you know, in Edmonton for 50 or 100 days in the year, 150, whatever. And then they can go to their summer house in LA or Florida or wherever he wants, right? Like
0: he wants to win this, this for some reason, right? And it might be, again, if you want to get into conspiracy theory territory, here's me going into my conspiracy territory theory. Ken Holland was able to bring in a guy from, an organization that couldn't hold on to him because he he already said, I want to leave. There were no other options for him to go to. Ken Holland overpaid a little bit. He, we Yeah, Duncan Keith. Okay, I was, <laughs> sorry, I
1: was confused. I thought you were talking about Hyman for a bit. <laughs> no, oh, I was like, what? He, well, Hyman had
0: options, right? Hyman yes, had options. That's true, but that's true, that's there true. were no other options for Keith, right? Mm-hmm. And we overpaid for him, overpaid for him. And at the time, everyone was saying, okay, this is a horrible deal for Ken Holland. Unless Duncan Keith decides to retire this year, which would then give the Oilers this much cap space and potentially negative cap space for this particular part of the contract. You know what? You get Carlson for four more seasons after this. I'm trusting in the Kenny Holland magic. I'm trusting in this... Illuminati, whatever you want to say, figure it out. Yeah, year year three, maybe decides to hang up the skates and like go build a house with Cleft. Balls.
1: Again, thirty eight percent of Carl, of Carlson's contract retained is exactly Barry and Puliarvi going out the door. Tyson Barry is nowhere close to anything that uh that Eric Carlson would be. I understand he's close to the room. That's what we have Devin Shore for. Clearly, Connor Connor McDavid is not an idiot. He knows. <laughs> How much everyone makes? He knows yeah. what everyone's role is on the team. He wouldn't have asked Ken Holland for Eric Carlson. They like we know that Holland has spoken to draft saddle McDavid, and Kane about Eric Carlson about a puck
0: moving defenseman. At Eric hmm. Carlson. It is Eric Carlson. <laughs> Wonder no, who that could it, be. No, it's Eric Carlson.
1: <laughs> we know that they've spoken. McDavid understands that salary needs to go. Like yeah. he says, dollar out, do- dollar and dollar, dollar out and to dollar. the media. He says it's the players too. I can guarantee you that. Right. So, McDavid knows when he asks that. Okay, if it's Bay, like I, un- I can tell you that I can guarantee that Connor McDavid will be okay with Tyson Berry leaving. But if it makes them better, okay, better, like this, puts them over the top, this gets them better. You keep, you do, you keep, absolutely the one player you cannot move in this deal is Evan Bouchard. I think that would be regressing backwards, and I think that would be if 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 it was Bouchard for Eric Carlson straight up, I wouldn't do it.
0: Yeah, that's a bad idea. But here's the thing too, right? Bouchard mm-hmm. is, like you said, he's he's got some really unlucky stats this season. If you're trading him now, you are trading him at a low. Yeah, you you are tr- you're getting Carlson who's at right and high. Yeah, but because of the lack of other competitors in the space for him it drives his trade market down a little bit mm -hmm. and then bouchard is low you don't want to use your low value chips right now you want to wait for them to come up a little bit mm -hmm. and And just a quick side tangent if you'll allow it mm because uh mm -hmm. mikey anderson i mean in la he signed an eight-year extension tonight for today for 4.25 something like That,
1: that decently strong defensive defenseman
0: you can clearly see with with Bouchard's season being the way that it is, you could see that that might yeah. be an option if I, you make I, the catch. that's work.
1: an option, I would sign him yesterday. You want Bouchard Ooh. and you want uh Jacob in the chat. No, no, no. Bouchard Robert. is near touchable. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, like, just like, because again, if you have two guys, a nurse making a nine and call somebody a seven or an eight, you got to have the two guys making nine, nine hundred grand. You can't have yeah. all these guys, right? That's why Barry's got to go. And if, And the other thing is is the salary instead of Arvey, If that's who they want, so eh? be it. You know what I mean?
0: Barry Um, is also going to be trading at another high, right? Like
1: move Barry.
0: Barry's a a hot asset, and hey, you know what? Bam, you trade him to someone out east. I I don't care. Like you trade him to the Rangers if they want him, just give him away. They'll mm-hmm. do their thing in the, in the Eastern Conference. If we meet him in the final, we meet him in the final. There's yeah. a 1 in 8 chance of that happening.
1: And, and everyone talked about, oh, Duncan Keith was so instrumental in Evan Bouchard's learning and development. Is there no one better for Evan Bouchard to learn from than Eric Carlson? Eric Carlson? Like, god. oh my god. Talk about insanity. I think he is your Kale McCarr. He's a little bit old. He's obviously a lot a bit older. But uh, he, he, that just puts you over the top. That shows Connor. Connor asked. Connor receives. So when Connor comes to UFA at the end of his contract and he says, you know what, Ken Holland, when I want something, I got it. I was treated like royalty here. I'm going to stay here for the remainder of my career. That's why I want that. I don't think if if, if you get Connor McDavid, you know, a, 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 a dead Jonathan Taves and an Oli Matta, that he's like, wow work. I'm getting everything I could ever want here. I don't think that does it for him. I think you need to show these two guys that you are committed to winning it. You understand what they do for your team. And I heard, end, this is a story that Tom Gazzola told later today, but went earlier today, when the Oilers were in like 2013 and they had just, they missed the playoffs, you know, six, seven years in a row. And they just, they were in eighth place. They beat up on Calgary and the trade deadline rolled around. And who did Steve Tambellini go out and get, but he traded for Jared Smithson. And apparently... The entire Oilers' court was pissed. They're like, that's the help you got us. And then they went on to lose like 10 games in a row, right? So when you bring it, the boost that it will provide, it's just like firing a coach. You bring this guy in, you go balls to the ball Who knows what's happened? The future is now. You don't know. There could be injuries in the future. There could be tricks. You never know what's going to happen. Your fact is you're good now. You have a good team. You have a million pieces that you've saved. Make the deal. Carlson or Chickren, I'm not picky. One right. or the others, if, to me, to be honest with you, if it is not one of those guys, I'll be pretty upset. Like, I consider that a yeah. fail of a deadline. And I that might sound ridiculous. I might sound people think, oh, you're an idiot. That's crazy. There's a million good defensive defensemen out there. No. Like, here's, to me, here's the thing. You right. got to be the best guy.
0: There's a lot of speculation. But that's, that's the whole realm of sports, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that we have a term called Cinderella story. If everything went by the books, by paper, you know what? You don't have to play the game. You know, the whole reason why we go through these exercises is because you try and succeed. You try and win. You could build for the future. But honestly, if you're the Oilers right now, the Western Conference has never looked more open. Unless Colorado somehow has like a heal all potion and everyone comes back. The Oilers are probably the best team right now. Even like Vegas, Seattle, you know, they're very streaky. Vegas is banged up as well. Like the Oilers right now, they're healthy. They can get even stronger. And by God... It would be amazing to see mm-hmm. either Chickering yeah. or Carlson, someone who is just an absolute offensive godsend, yeah. playing with McDavid and Drysaitl. That's yeah. just a pure entertainment Absolutely. factor too.
1: Absolutely, I agree. You're bringing in the you're bringing in the potential Norris winner this season. I don't know if that's ever been done in NHL history before. Maya says, "Who would you pair Carlson with if he comes to us?" We'll talk about that. Maybe we got we're we're running a little bit long here, so let's save that for the next show because I'm sure there'll still be you, rampant speculation.
0: You know what would be fun? What if we just give our lines and then y'all can just tweet at us? <laughs> we'll we'll <laughs> drop it and then we'll just go. No explanation. You guys tweet at us if you think we're in idiots. If you think we're insane for making mm-hmm. pairings, who would you pair with Eric Carlson?
1: Me? Oh, Kulak. I think Kulak would be a great. Same here. Yeah, yeah. I Same think Kulak here. Works perfect. I would still do Nurse. New, I would have Nurse Bichard, Kulak, Carlson, Barry. Or not Barry, sorry, CC Broberg. Uh, and then, That wasn't uh, that painful, just was it? Lastly, no, last thing, and, and you could say here's in a second. Uh, some stranger says the chicken chip has sailed. He hasn't been traded yet. LA clearly is not, like, they have an offer in for him, but uh, it's it's no greater than anyone else's. There's He's not close to being traded anywhere right now. He still is anyone's thing. I was listening to Bob Stauffer on the 6th the Chip free game show before the puck drop tonight, and he, like some you can make the argument and i can see this argument that jacob chicken is a better stylistic fit for the edmonton Oilers than eric Austin. and i'll absolutely listen to that but the, by no means has the chips the ship sailed so.
0: if it isn't faxed into the nhl's head office yeah it's not done the not ship done is not sailed hmm all right, like you mentioned, we are gonna wrap the show there. Next game is Friday. It's a seven mountain time puck drop. The Rangers are gonna be visiting, and uh, you and I are gonna have a little bit of a special guest.
1: Oh yes, we are, yeah, yeah. I forgot we will. I forgot. I gotta <laughs> message the guy. He's been tweeting that. He's been tweeting me. He's been DMing me. Uh yeah. It's Adrian. Adrian, adrian fernando yes. and famously
0: uh today he decided to take a nap instead of watching the game uh yeah. until the t- until the score was tied so he'll go. be on next show with us until then that's it for us and if er- if eric carlson's an oiler by next stream i think you and i will both be 100% absolutely happier.
1: absolutely
0: <laughs> i'll be
1: ecstatic
0: zach where can they find you
1: you can find me at zwheel 97 on twitter
0: uh Dennis, yourself. Dennis, Dennis Lee, Y-E-G on Twitter. That's it for us tonight. Yeah. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for all the Red Wings fans in here showing some (laughs) love. And I know it was Eastern time, so it's a a little bit of a late night for you guys. Thanks
1: for staying up with us, MGD, Mickinator, Jacob Dacky, some stranger, uh, Julian, who left earlier. Have a great rest of your night, guys. Bye-bye.